You are listening to the Courtship Code Podcast, where we use a combination of psychology, spirituality, and matchmaking industry techniques to help you elevate in your relationships from inside out. And I'm your host, Zara J, founder of BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com, The Match Society, and CaptivatingCourtship.com. All right, everybody. So I'm here speaking with Miss Tanya Carter. And she is a divorce coach and a relationship expert who talks to women and helps them to get through processing how to move on during divorce, how to deal with their divorce, and how to get their life back together after divorce. So thank you for joining me on The Courtship Code. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So For the listeners who are unfamiliar with you, just give them a little bit of your background and your story and how you got to this place of being a divorce coach. Because you don't hear too much about divorce coaches. So I'm curious to know how, not just how you got to that place. I'm semi-familiar with your story, but also um, how have all people responded to you being a divorce coach? How how is that received? Well, of course, they're their questions like what is that you know um because that word divorce is such an emotional triggering word and so it can give off the wrong impression if you you know don't really explain what the purpose of it is and so um yes i am a divorce coach and i purposely niche that down because um i've been divorced and um, I don't promote divorce, but the, the reality is, is that people will encounter um, divorce. And so the goal is to divorce the story. Um, the goal is more about, you know, letting go of everything besides just the individual. Um, divorce can leave a lot of mental and emotional residue behind. Um, it can definitely cause you to stay stagnant and paralyzed and not have any hope for the future. Um, divorce is very similar to losing a loved one, which is why um, it is the top stressor in the world, um, mm-hmm. besides besides actually losing a loved one. And so a lot of the time, you know, people who are divorced are left to figure it out on their own. Um, you know, people don't really console you like they would if you lost a loved one. And so I created um, that, I, I decided to be one because I, I felt the same way. You know, um, people tell you to be strong. They tell you to, you know, get over it. You'll get someone else. And, and they really don't get it. You know, I, I get that people are trying to help. But this was a, it's a very tough and very hard and emotional decision. And um, you, you have to move forward with intention. Because if you do not intentionally thrive, you will only survive after a divorce. Absolutely. And I think... What you just said is super relevant. I can relate to that too, because I felt like when I went through divorce, it was almost unacknowledged. It was, I felt like no one really acknowledged the emotional aspect or the emotional trauma that you experienced that I experienced afterwards. And even those in my family who had been divorced, it just seemed like it wasn't really addressed or talked about. Maybe a few times here or there, how are you feeling? But some of the things that follows divorce, like depression or, you know, the stress, the anxiety, other things that you're going through, trying to just figure out how you're going to get back on track. Because a lot of times you are rebuilding from ground zero and no one really fully 
acknowledging that, like, that's really frustrating. So I think that what you're doing is important. Um, how did you get to that decision to do that though? Like how, what evolved, what, what clicked for you where you're like, okay, I'm going to do this as a business. I want to be the support for other women. Um, honestly, um, I didn't even know that this was something that I was going to do. I knew, um, speaking and doing something with my voice was definitely, um, something that I needed to start embracing. Um, and what I ended up doing was I really sat in a lot of prayer about it because, mm -hmm. you know, divorce is that thing that people think will, you know, you'll be punished for the rest of your life or God hates you. And in reality, he just hates the fact that you're going through it, but you shouldn't mm -hmm. stay in it. And the mm -hmm. goal is to heal, mm -hmm. not to stay in hurt. Mm -hmm. And so I really thought about it because I did not want to do it. Um, and not because I... I didn't want to put off the wrong impression that that's what I was trying to do. Um, you know, I, right. You know, if people can really, you know, reconcile, I, I, I do put that out there as a coach um, when people come to me before they, when they're considering it, because this it's a really big decision. And when you're emotionally into intoxicated, you're not sober enough to know exactly what to do. And so if I can get you, or if we can talk about it with intention, that might be a solution. Most of my clients, the majority of my clients that come to me are pretty much already done. Um, okay. they, they don't wanna reconcile. I mean, but if there's a chance, we do try to look, I, I do try my best to look into that, but I didn't know that this was something I was gonna do. Um, it, it actually was something that I was led to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cause you know, you have to move on. These, you know, women are mothers, you know, they, they have to take care of their kids. and it creates a, um, a domino effect of hurt if you're not careful. And I don't think people get that part. Like, it's not just the mother who's suffering. It, it's the father, you know, it's the kids, their kids, kids. Like the stuff that we're dealing with comes from generational stuff. It's yeah. not something new. And so if we can kill the root from the mother or even mm -hmm. the father, it can change the trajectory of the children. So that's the goal. It, everyone gets so impacted by your change. And that's what, we have to think long term. And so I want, I, I like to do that. And so we divorce the story instead of just the person, we can do that. Mm -hmm. I, what you just said is really powerful about it being generational and how it has a domino effect. And I feel like we're in a really good space in society right now. We're kind of moving into a space where we are acknowledging that we need healing, acknowledging trauma, acknowledging generational wounds, generational curses, and having the urge to break free of that. And it's becoming more of a conversation than it was in the past, which I think is amazing and a blessing because especially for our culture, we have to address certain things and can't just keep pretending. And being in a space now where you can get help with your finances, you can get help with your health and fitness, you can get help with your relationships, and having the courage to actually say, this is something I want to invest in, just like I'm going to invest in a home, invest in my hair, invest in looking good. I'm going to start <laughs> investing on actually being good on the inside. So I think that that's amazing. With your clients, when they're coming to you, so you said most of them are already in a space where they're like done. They know that they want the divorce. And so they 
feel like they need just help moving on and getting reestablished. So give us just a little bit of information on like what that transition and that transformation can look like. Um, well, if they, if they're a part of my, my 12 week program, because I always tell people you, you need to get connected. Um, like you mentioned earlier, like investing in yourself, like we'll invest in things that won't even yield a return, mm -hmm. but we need to invest in our emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. And so that, that process can be a thriving one if you allow it to. So as a coach, my job is to show up and give you what you need. But as a client, your job is to show up and do what's required. And so the reason why that matters is because a lot of the time we'll go to a coach or even a therapist and months later we don't really see any drastic or any changes and it's it's all about the work I, I i put a lot of emphasis on that um being in my program i don't take just anybody because you have to be committed for 12 weeks and i know we live in a instant gratification world mm -hmm. and we want tips and tricks but healing is not a tip or a trick the tip and the trick is to actually go through the process. The quickest way to heal is to actually go through the intensity of it. Um, many of times when people come to me, they're already exhausted because they've done everything before that never worked. You know what I'm saying? And so when you come to me, you're, you're really on edge of getting some help. And so it's still, you still have to go to the, go through the process. So we have to peel back the layers and get to the root. We need to know what it is you want to do with your life. Many women don't know who they are. Yeah. They have no clue. They don't know who no they clue. are. They say, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And we have to unpack that. And that's why it takes 12 weeks because what happens is unpacking means to, un to take the mask off. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not ready to do that or work on towards doing that, because you may not be right up front, but if you're willing to say, hey, brick by brick, I'm willing to do it, then we got something here. And the more we reveal and peel back the inauthentic layers, we can get to the core of who you really are. You know, and, and I focus on the woman, you know, because again, as a coach, my goal is to get you to be better. It's like a doctor. When you come in as a patient, they're not working with someone else. They're working with you. So their goal is to get you on a regimen so you can feel well, so you can get better. It's no different with your emotions. Your emotions is just as intense as a physical pain. Yeah. Your brain does not know the difference between the two. And yeah. so when you can be emotionally intoxicated, you can really make some very unhealthy decisions. And so the goal in one of these, in a part of my program is to really build an emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really, a, that's a portion of it. Forgiving yourself, you know, finding who you are, knowing what your talents are. I think that's really important because many women don't know who they are. So we go through an assessment mm -hmm. and we do consultation. We unpack almost anything we can, things from back in the day, what happened in your marriage, like what really happened? Let's not go on the fantasy. Let's go on the reality. Because a lot of the time that can keep you stuck too. And so yeah. when you're stuck in a story of something that was never there, you can't allow yourself to divorce the story. You have to own your part. You have to just take ownership and responsibility of your life. And that's the part that I know many of us um, have a lot of trouble doing mm -hmm. because it's easier to, to blame other people. It is. like, But 
we can't control what other people do. And, and if we really get that, if we really master that, because that's a mental thing that, you know what, I honestly can't control this person. I can't control what they do. They are grown. <laughs> like when, when you really get that, mm-hmm. then you can put the energy on you. If you've been listening to the Courtship Code podcast, opening emails, and following content online, then I know that you're the type of person who values quality relationships and is ready to break up with your bad relationship habits. I want you to go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute consultation where we're going to discuss your current bad relationship habits and how working together in our signature Wounds to Worth six-week program is going to help you to heal your emotional wounds, increase attraction, and position yourself with a real strategy on how to start meeting quality partners and attracting quality relationships. So go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute discovery call and let's start captivating courtship. Because that en- that's energy you're giving and that's wasted energy when you're mm-hmm. focusing on them. And mm-hmm. so when you start channeling that energy back to you, then you can start working on your most important project and that's yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just have to peel it back to a few things that you just talked about because I agree 100% with everything that you said and that's really the focus of the courtship coaching that I do even when you mentioned people coming for tips they're looking for tips and not really trying to learn how to master their emotions stuff like that you know I try to explain to people that there's a difference between relationship tactics and having a relationship understanding relationship technique there's a you're just trying to figure out how can I get this person's attention or how can I play the game instead of learning how to be fully authentic so that you can communicate from a place of confidence, from a place that's going to be productive so that you can build connections so that you can be vulnerable so that you can actually be fully present in your relationship. That's what you want to focus on, not a bunch of tactics on how to just get in front of the person. You're focused on the wrong thing. It's going to make you anxious. It's going to make you confused. It's going to make you inauthentic. So I definitely agree with that. And the aspect of having to build strong emotional intelligence, we're missing that so much because like you said, it's easy to play into the story that you've created in your head, to play into the reality of what you created in your head and not what really is going on. And even when I'm doing the course of coaching, I, I say how you say like divorce your story. I, I tell people to own their love story. Like you have to own your own love story. If you want to be able to pursue things, don't worry about how your friends met their partners. Don't worry about how your parents did it. You have your own path, your own experience, and you have to own your own love story and take responsibility for how you're going to go about things. And so I think that everything that you're saying about divorce in the story, you can get trapped in the reality that you created, in the lie that you've told yourself about the person, about the circumstance. And it's like, no, that's not what was really going on. That's not, you have to see things for what it is. And the last thing that you touched on about controlling the person, it reminded me of the advice hour that I just did the other day. And, you know, the, the, the girl, bless her heart, sweetheart, you know, but she was so consumed with trying to uh, 
can basically control that other person, what they were doing, spying on them, worried about, you know, investigating. So, and I'm like, you have to turn that energy inward. If you were putting all that energy into you, you would feel valuable, you would feel worthy, and you wouldn't feel like you have to work so hard to, to make sure this person wants you. But you're putting all that energy into the other person. And that, like you said, is wasted energy. You need to pull that back into yourself. And we have a hard time doing that as women, a really hard time mm-hmm. turning that energy in on us. Yes, we, yeah, we do. Um, and I think a lot of that is just how... Um, we define our worth and how we allow mm-hmm. others to define it. So right. um, I hear a, a lot of women, and, and I, if I can just be honest and let me know if you agree, mm-hmm. I think that um, uh, mostly the majority of women want to be married. Um, I Definitely. do. I do. And, um, and I'm not telling people to not have the desire of, of what your heart is or what it is that you desire. But I think a lot of the time we, we make that be our idol, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. At, you know, and we allow that to define our level of worth. And so, and, and, and you know, from family to friends to, you know, even social media, right. if we're not careful, we will allow that to, um, determine our value determine our value right and what and what that will do if you're not if you really don't have a self-love and i'm talking about a deep self-love a real heart, self-love. some right. real self-love i'm not talking about feet and nails i'm talking about <laughs> you right. know I'm seriously talking i'm talking about some internal mm-hmm. work that if you if you're not careful you can fall you can find yourself questioning your worth and then mm-hmm. you can operate from a place of desperation yeah. And when you go into a place of desperation, we know what that does. You don't choose responsibly. Yeah. And what ends up happening is that you will settle because you feel like, you know what, let me just take what I can get because this may, mm-hmm. I may not get anything else. And then you, you, you end up marrying someone that you say, man, I should have never married this person. You know, what was I thinking? Because you allow the desperation to overpower your intuition. And so mm-hmm. that's very important to understand is that you have to really trust the timing on your life and understand that during that time um, of waiting that you should be working working okay like not sitting there twirling your thumb and and thinking that someone's just gonna knock on your door no there's a you have to do some work on self um i think we don't master self enough because we've been taught that it's selfish to think about yourself but i think you become selfless when you when you really know who you are to your core not arrogantly but confidently when you Mm -hmm. know who you are and you walk in that and you own that man you 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 live like you're not just existing anymore you want a relationship but you're saying hey you know what I want it when it's when it's the right timing um and 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 that I just really 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 want to put that in people's ear because the person you choose really does impact your journey and I don't think we take it that seriously like it I mean I think that's why many people end up being so angry because of the time that was invested in the return that wasn't yielded right and so you're like man I gotta like rebuild you do but you know that doesn't mean that life is over it just means this was a a lesson learned and it just may be a hard one but if you if you look at it as a loss you'll always find yourself losing in life you can use that setback as the ultimate comeback i'm telling you if if you know how to (laughs) i mean i feel like that's what i'm doing right you know like i turned what i what i was angry about 
in, in, into something that can help other people move forward. You know, your story helps people. And right. I tell my, my clients this too, like th this healing ain't just for you. And I tell them it's for your children. It's for the women that you're going to run into that you now have the ability to get them through it and help them. So it creates a domino effect of helping people to heal. You learn a lot within yourself. So your purpose gets birthed through pain. And I think when we start really seeing that, um, I, I believe that we can, you know, get through these, these level of adversities. You know, what's crazy. And I think that, in, and you can tell me if you agree with this or not, because it basically coincides with what you just said. But one thing I think most people need to pay more attention to so that they are able to bounce back after a divorce, after a bad breakup, after rejection, any type of heart failure is if you look back on your life, I can bet after you go through the storm, after you go through those, that pain, you get this different light in you. You get this different, if you're able to master and come through it in a way where you're able to start to revive yourself and you're like, okay, I can get back. If you're able to push through that in a healthy way, you get this spirit and this energy about you where you're able to just bounce back. You're able to discover new things and you get this momentum about you that you didn't have when you were in that place of low self-worth and being broken down. And when you get to that space, it's such a magical space to be in because now you're like, boom, I'm back to working out. I'm back to building. I'm back in school. I'm doing this. And you feel amazing because you've lost that part of yourself because you lowered your self-worth because you stepped out of your purpose out of your authenticity and you place all your energy and all your value on something else so when you gain that value back and it usually comes after a divorce a breakup some type of rejection type of loss of money big bankruptcy and you get this spurt of energy then you can just go mm -hmm. i i totally agree i think i would have never and I, and I think about that too, a lot. Mm. I'm like, man, I, I would have never even gotten here if I didn't go through what I went through. Right. Um, but you, you have to, you have to have perspective with it though. Um, mm -hmm. and it took me a minute to get here. This wasn't always the case when I first got my divorce. I sat in my anger for a while. Mm -hmm. I sat in my bitterness for a while, but I didn't think that I was angry and bitter. I didn't think mm -hmm. I was the problem. Mm -hmm. I thought that everyone else was. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then when I looked up four years later and just kind of realized that I was repeating a lot of, you know, a lot of patterns was there. Mm -hmm. um, my dad had a heart attack that year. So that really changed my lens. Mm -hmm. My father's heart attack changed my lens on my life because it made me see how important life is. And, you know, when you're, when you can be, and I hate to say the word, but when you're stubborn, can't nobody tell you nothing. Right. And I was a stubborn female. <laughs> I mean, it's just the reality. You couldn't tell me nothing. I ain't care what you told me. I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't want to hear that. Like, that was my, that was my attitude. Mm -hmm. But life will humble you, mm -hmm. you know, if, you know, but it's up to you to get humbled. I mean, if not, you're going to always find yourself going in circles. And so I just really was honest with myself. I faced the truth of my life and mm -hmm. it wasn't, I just wasn't pleased with it. I wasn't satisfied. And I, and I, and I wanted to do something about it. And, and that's when life changed for me. Life changed when I started to become the change. And that's real. And it took a while. You know, it took a while to get here. I still find myself getting aha moments right. of life. I mean, it doesn't technically end, but you just become a better version. Yeah, it's always, yeah. I, I had someone ask me, like, 
when does this end? I said, it never ends. Like 12 weeks are done. I'm done with 12 weeks. (laughs) Right. I said, you have to maintenance yourself like you do anything like you got to maintenance your car you got to maintenance your home you you have to maintenance your hair okay Mm -hmm. let's be real um you know and so anything that you want to keep up you have to maintain and that when it comes to your emotional and mental well-being that is something you never stop doing because life doesn't stop happening just because you want to get better you're just going to have the tools now to be able to get through it better than you did before you know, you're going to have a community now <clears throat> that helps you get through it as opposed to trying to, quote unquote, do it on your own. Like you're not an island. And, and in our culture, we're taught that a lot to be these, these islands. And a lot of women, black women, are behind the camera struggling, behind mm-hmm. social media struggling, mm-hmm. because they're taught to be so strong oh, that they girl. cannot allow themselves to be vulnerable. And it's killing them mentally, emotionally physically and spiritually and financially. And so what they find themselves doing is constantly going in circles because they think being strong is a badge of honor. And they don't know how to ask for help. Don't know how to ask for help. And we we wear that with pride. And I'm going to tell you, I was that girl too. And that's why my body started responding to the level of stress that I was carrying. You're not designed to carry the weight of the world. And if we, you know, strong is knowing when you you need help. It's not when you don't ask. I'm I'm up here waving my hands in the air because (laughs) let me tell you something. That word strong is not even allowed in my household. (laughs) It's it's like a bad word. It's like a cuss word in my household. And so, and and I feel bad that I have framed it that way, but it's because I have a daughter and I'm very sensitive. When I started hearing her use, I'm strong. I'm I'm like, look, 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 we're not doing that. (laughs) right that's society strong society strong so always keep that in mind society strong will kill you all right i tell her you're resilient (laughs) you are Mm -hmm. confident you know you have like i want you to know that you embody these amazing traits but i don't want you pulling into that belief of being the strong girl or the strong because i think that is such a hindering mindset that we have to erase that mindset and erase that divorce that story okay (laughs) and that and you know what that is in my book you know um you know about that independent you know divorce Mm -hmm. being the strong woman i wrote that in one of my chapters of my book because the goal is to talk about the things you need to detach yourself from Mm -hmm. and i talked about that on purpose because what happens is when you go through a divorce you can easily go into the mindset of i'm going to figure this out on my own with or without you and that can be a bad place to go to many people will praise that and say yeah girl you better you better not because what (laughs) happens is you end up closing and you block off any blessing Mm -hmm. any potential blessing that could come your way you already have this wall up because of what you've experienced so you don't open up the possibilities of what you can have and so that's not good either Yes, right. we always want to proceed with caution, but we also need to understand that we don't have to, we really don't have to figure everything out. Right. And so divorcing the story mm-hmm. is also d- divorcing the strong woman syndrome. Yes. That's a, that's a disease that yeah. causes you to stay paralyzed to the potential of what you can have. And so I just wanted to put that out there too, because many women suffer with, with that. Definitely. Oh, mm-hmm. 
definitely suffer from that. And I know it's so funny because, and I wonder if you go through this as a coach, because sometimes I feel like I'm going through like themes with clients, like people are reaching, it seems like there's like a common theme going on sometimes. Like why everybody today coming to me about this? Everyone this week seems to be dealing with this. So a few weeks ago, there was a common theme that I was um, coming across with people, women saying, I don't know how to ask for help and I don't know why. I really struggle with help. And this could be in their relationships. It could be in business. It could be with their children. It could be whatever, but they feel like they have to do it all. They have to be the superwoman. And I'm like, you have to break through that because there is no shame. And look, give me all the help you can give. Okay. (laughs) I need need help. Okay. You don't, you don't have to bear it alone. You don't have to do everything on your own. And when we, when we break through that, you will find not only will those burdens be lifted, but a different type of strength. But I I try to remind people, and I just recorded a podcast with uh, Tasha who does finances. And we were talking and I was telling her, you know, we're in this transitional phase. We're just, the coaching industry is becoming more popular. It's becoming more acceptable where people are like, okay, I can pay somebody to give me some help. I can pay for information. This is becoming more of a thing. And I say in our culture though, as, as African-Americans, especially even for, I know I have a lot of people that are from different ethnic backgrounds that listen to this as well. But for a lot of people that aren't a part of the dominant society, the idea of paying for help is still very new. And it's hard, whether it's health or relationships or fitness, whatever it is, finances, you know, the idea of paying somebody for help and not, I got to figure it out on my own. I can just do this. Somewhere. I can do that. You know, it's, it's still very new. And we have to break through that mindset that you are no longer the help. You can hire help because for so long we've been the hired help. So that's ingrained in us that we have to be the help. We have to do it. And it's on our own. And we haven't fully transitioned into a space where it's like, no, it's okay to pay for help. You can get help. You can hire help. You're no longer the help. Step out of that space and embrace getting help for what you need. But that strong syndrome is, it's tough to break. It is a tough thing to break. And I I think people need to also look into like, when I look at like Serena Williams, and I see how phenomenal mm-hmm. she is, right. and, it, and and I honestly believe it was her coaching that became, that allowed her to become as phenomenal. She mm-hmm. already has the gift, like the mm-hmm. gift was in her, but Serena even says 70% of her wins, I mean, or most of her wins come from 70% of her mental toughness, mm-hmm. and a lot of the, and, and a lot of the time, what we tend to, what we fail to realize is that we're investing Mm-hmm. in ourselves so mm-hmm. investing yields returns right. and and sometimes I, I know I was I was that person too like I ain't paying for nobody to that was my mindset like mm-hmm. for real but when I I finally did like I I, I sucked it up mm-hmm. and I did and I didn't pay a lot in the beginning okay mm-hmm. I just joined the community but right. then I got intentional so again, like I tell people, you can join something, but that doesn't mean you're connected to it. And so mm-hmm. I had to connect to it too, meaning I had to be intentional about building relationships, right. meeting people differently than what I've always been exposed to. Right. And so a coach is there to, to, to really guide and help you. Now, all coaches aren't created equal, but it's right. important to know that figuring it out on your own frustrates you. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the goal of it, because there's a lot of information. It's not that we are, we're, we don't have any, ma- in, any information. It's just that 
information overload can cause you to not do anything either. True, and analysis so for, paralysis. Right. So when I got connected with coaches, it allowed me to stop doing what wasn't working. They was mm-hmm. able to give me something much quicker than I would on my own, which is why the quick fix is to get the help because they can get you there a lot more sooner than you probably would on your own. You know what you just made me think of? And I'm wondering your views on this. So do you think because as a society, we've been conditioned not to take shortcuts, you got to put in the hard work. Do you think that that's playing into some of our mindsets of why like we can't take the easy way to do something? We got to do it ourselves. We got to do it, put in the work. Do you think that some of that is playing in our mindsets too? Oh yeah. I think, I think that is, I think, the fact that some of us are so educated formally that we don't realize the importance of informal education as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to grad school and I have all that, but what really changed me was my informal education. Right. It wasn't going to college and I'm Mm -hmm. not telling people not to, I'm just saying that it didn't stop there. You have to be a student of life. And that's what really changed me. Um, I, I took a lot of, a lot of my ego and pride, didn't want to ask for help, you know, because I felt like if I figured it out, then that means that, you know what, I'm, I'm, like I'm valuable. Yeah. yeah, I felt more valuable. I felt like if I asked, then I'm lacking something, but mm-hmm. not realizing that that's just not my expertise. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage even the ladies that I work with to stay in your lane and right. own your lane sometimes we we, we all over the all place all over the place <laughs> you know and we, we we hopping everywhere we're trying right. to be the be all the go-to for everything I didn't want to be the go-to for everything which is right. why I said I'm gonna like own divorce because I didn't want to be all things to all people and right. so it's no different than one of my mentors talked about this when you go to the doc doctor you go see a specialist for certain things you don't go mm-hmm. to a general doctor you mm-hmm. might go to a you're going to go to a OBGYN you're going to go to a podiatrist like you're going to go to certain Perfect. doctors for certain yeah. things because that's what they're experts in and so that's why it's important to hire or, you know, invest in someone in something that you are really struggling in because they can get you out of that struggle a lot quicker than you can on your own. So with the women that are coming to you, let's talk about like divorce. Let's talk about, so what are some of the most common issues that they are coming, that, that they're coming to you with, like as far as common themes that lead to divorce, common things that they're experiencing emotionally, like what are just some common things that you're seeing with people that are in that transition of divorce? I would say the biggest thing is identity theft. Hmm. That's the biggest thing that I like. That real I get identity theft? No, identity okay. theft. <laughs> not like I'm sorry. Not in the way of someone stole my credit card. Right. No someone's I feel like my identity's been stripped I don't know who I am that's the type of identity theft I'm referring to um a lot of shock um you know especially depending on the dynamics of the relationship I mean especially if this person has already moved on with someone else I mean that right there can just it could do a lot of money you know finances is huge for a lot of women but that identity theft you know feeling like they don't know who they are is probably one of the biggest things that I hear in many, many women. You know, what's interesting. So the divorce rate is what about like 60%. The first 
first time marriages is about maybe 43, 40 something percent. Second is about 60 something. Third is about 70 something. Mm -hmm. Really? I thought third marriages have a longer lasting rate. Really? It gets higher the more you, you do it. I guess because you get, it's easier for you to divorce. You've been through it before. It becomes easier for you to do. There's a really good book. I don't know if you've ever read this book, but this is a really good book you might want to check out. It's called um, Dating the Divorced Man. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that book before? No, I haven't. It's an amazing book. That was one of my favorite books that I read a few years back. And it talks about, it helps women to understand what to expect when they are about to date or they are dating a man who's been through divorce because how he sees relationships or where he might be mentally, emotionally is going to be different from somebody that's never been through divorce. So it's a really great book to read. But I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, the different things that people experience in divorce is being that the divorce rate, let's just say it's 50%. Let's just say it's a 50% likelihood that you might end up divorced, even when you're first married, right? So are we doing an injustice to society or just as to ourselves when we don't go in it, not saying that you go in planning for divorce, but you go in planning to remain, to, to, to keep a part of your identity and understand that you can't put your all, like your whole entire worth into the marriage because you have just in case, just in case, not saying prepare for divorce, but going into it with a very, intentional proactive mindset like i'm not i'm not opposed to prenups i'm not opposed to have understanding like if things don't work out this is what we would do but going into it with a more clear mind frame that we want this to be forever but just in case it doesn't we understand what that might look like like do you think that we that running from that is is a major problem because we're hit then you're hit with so much shock or how do you think that that should be approached in the beginning? When you when you said are you are you referring to like getting a prenup or preparing for something that hasn't taken place? Right, something that hasn't taken place. Um, like does this idea of happily ever 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 after till death, you know, the um we're going to get married and that's just the end of it forever. Do you really think that that? is the best way for us to approach it considering the divorce rate considering everything else is that i know you're kind of like <laughs> i think I, mama, i think it's it's i think it's considering people's thought process mm-hmm. marriage hasn't changed the covenant mm-hmm. is what it is it none of that hasn't changed what changed what has changed are the individuals that's going into the marriage. What has changed is how we do things 40 and 50 years ago. And I think a lot of the time we fantasize mm-hmm. on this, on, on, on something that's not even being presented. And mm-hmm. so it's really important to pay attention to what you're going into. As I tell people, let's stop just doing marriage. Let's, let's focus on doing life. Right. And so that's a different pl- that's a different question. Are you willing to do life with this person? Because we can do marriage with people because we can have the event, we can have the wedding, we can have the label, we can have the ring, we can have the last name. But can you do life? And life is a lot deeper because there's a lot of different turns, bumps that you're going right. to run into and everybody's not equipped for that. And right. a lot of the time we see we see it. 
We just ignore it and we assume that it'll get better with time. We think, okay, once we get married, well, it'll get better. And we don't confront things that need to be confronted. Like, can you do life with this person? And you got to be honest with that. Like, I tell people all the time, like, sometimes we just don't want to accept the fact that we can't do life with this person. Mm. And we'll still get married in hopes of it actually happening. And Mm. a lot of that, a lot of disappointments come from that. And we put all our eggs in one basket. And this is what I mean. I'm not telling people to go in with what if we get a divorce? Like, this is what I tell people. Never lose your singleness because you're married. Mm. You're still a whole individual. You're still an individual who has purpose. You're still a person who's on earth that has a mission. You still have to make sure that you take care of you. What I find in many women is that they don't take care of themselves. They don't self-care themselves. They don't nurture. They don't tend to. They don't nurse. They don't look after themselves, but they look after everyone else. And so by the time this happens, their cup is completely empty. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, in, so they, they, they're upset, they're mad, they feel like, man, because I, you got people who have put 20 plus years into these things. Like this isn't people who've been married a couple of years. These right. are people who sometimes been married, you know, 15, 20 years. So you mm-hmm. are emotionally still connected to this person. Mm-hmm. You're grieving a loss of this individual. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to safely say, pay attention. Pay attention to who you're marrying and and also know that you still have an individuality. That doesn't wipe away because you're married. And I think sometimes we strip our identity because we do get married and we, we, we take care of them. Look at Wayne next hell. Look, look at Angela Bassett. You know why she was mad? Because she stripped the whole identity, and I know it's (laughs) I know it's a movie, but come on now, a lot of women was for that movie because they can relate. Lover and your secretary, right? She was. She she was dead serious, and she was like, she wanted to start that catering business, and he told her to wait. And so now you waiting because he got his business. You're building him up, and then he, you know, you, you know. Don't lose yourself and don't even go in thinking that you have to, you know, be honest with yourself on what you need and assess your needs, like speak up with respect. And I I see that a lot where women will ignore what they need to face. And I mean, you know what, Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama, I I saw a clip of an interview she did. Mm -hmm. I saw it too. Yeah, where she said that she became like resentful towards Barack at one point because he was getting up and going to the gym every day. And she's looking at him like, how do you have time? And he's like, because I prioritize it. And men are way better at staying on track, especially if he's like an ambitious man. He's naturally just like someone who's kind of a go-getter and wants to achieve certain things for himself. They're naturally better at staying on track, focusing on their goals and prioritizing themselves while women he's prioritizing himself and you're prioritizing him too you know and you well, yeah about you because that's what we are we, we're kind of we, innately designed like that to be nurturers to be caretakers and then and we, we saw that sacrifice. like we saw that from my, our mothers our grandmothers mm-hmm. like seeing it too plays an impact and so mm-hmm. you know that's why it's important that we make sure that we make sure that we prioritize ourselves as well. Like it shouldn't be a one-sided situation. And I read her book and she talked about that. And, and she, mm-hmm. she made it clear. He did exactly 
what he was going to do. And she made it mention that she needed to do what was in the best interest of herself as well. And, and as you can see, by her seeing that, they still have a successful marriage. And so what I got from that was that Michelle Obama made sure that she was in charge of her happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's important because we'll give up everything because we think someone else is going to be that responsible of our happiness. And that's not how it works. You become so bitter, so resentful. Extremely. You end up becoming less appealing, less attractive to that person too, because you're not the person that they married. You gave up on you. You know, I had a talk with a friend of mine about that because I remember this is before she's divorced now, but I remember before she went through her divorce, a few years before that, after she had her second child. And she was putting so much stress on her relationship because now she's a stay-at-home mom. She had her second child. She, you know, so she was like, he's going all the time. He's at work all the time. He's going to the gym. He's doing this. And she was just like stressing him out. He needs to be here more. He needs to help me more. And some of that might've been true, but I also, I had to remind her, I said, you changed after you had the baby. He didn't. And that's really what you're upset about. And don't get me wrong, naturally, there's going to be some changes, going to some lifestyle differences. And it can be unfair. It can be unfair that a man gets to continue working, living his life. He doesn't have to, to change as much as a woman does. But like I told her, I said, you stopped spending time with your friends. You stopped going after your goals. You stopped pursuing your hobbies. You stopped working out. You stopped getting dressed and going out and looking good. You stop doing that. That has nothing to do with him. So you can't be mad because he kept the ball rolling and you stopped thinking that he was supposed to stop too. You can't right. be mad about you, that. You have to take yourself into consideration and you have to do it on purpose. Um, and, and, and that's the goal. Like I had to look at that too within myself. And sometimes we're, we're so busy trying to change others. So mm-hmm. that's why it's important to know when you become the change, everything else will change for you. Mm-hmm. But it, men aren't mind readers. And, and that's something we have to really understand. We also have to know that by default, he's not going to probably come out across as considerate as you. Right. Not because he doesn't care. It just may not be a he's natural a thing. Right. He's a different creature. And so it's important for us to understand how men really do act. A lot of the time we we're so caught up in he should be more like me. He's not. He's a he's a man. He's a male. He's not right. going to step but away it, from some of these relationship gurus and coaches that aren't is, transparent with yeah. y'all. <laughs> yeah, and, and we keep y'all up for failure. Right. And you keep getting caught up in what you need to do to make him like mm-hmm. Yeah, like focusing on you, making sure you're taking care of yourself. There's nothing more attractive when yeah. you got something going on for yourself. Like, I'm telling you that, and, and what that means is, is, is that you, you're making sure you're good too. Like you're saying, he's going to the gym. You go to the gym, you know, right. it went, whatever. Like, look, you know, moving forward, this is when I'm going to the gym, you know? And, I, you know, and, and when they see you, you, you got your own life, trust mm-hmm. me, yeah, <laughs> I promise you, so. you'll get a whole different individual. And yeah. so a lot of the time we, we like, I just don't understand why he, because he's not wired like you. And another thing is, if you don't express this, like telling someone what you need and telling them before you explode is extremely important. Mm-hmm. A lot of us say, well, I don't want to say anything because I just don't want to argue. Well, if, if you feel like that's the dynamics of your relationship, then it tells you that your guys are not really, you really don't have a, a strong foundation. Alignment, yeah. 
Right. So it's not even about arguing. It's about presenting your needs. And that's important because your needs matter. It's not saying that they can fulfill every need, but right. to assume that they should know without even informing them is, is setting your own self up for failure. I don't care how long you've been with them. Don't say what they should know. Uh, not necessarily true. You know, it's important that you really put it out there, your needs um, from the relationship, you know, and, and you guys have those conversations. Many people have surface relationships. Yes. They don't have beyond the surface. And so what happens is when you, when you build a relationship on a surface foundation, you're doomed for destruction. Yeah. Which is why I ask people, can you do life with this individual? Because we can all do marriage and fun and events. We can do selfies and pictures and vacations. Mm -hmm. But can we do these tough everyday things that you don't see on the ground? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The stuff that people don't see. Like, that's the stuff that really matters. It's really what you don't see that really determines the strength of your relationship. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Uh, you, you reminded me of a quote. I remember Jada Pinkett when she was talking about her relationship with Will. And she said, we're two individuals walking on individual paths together and I love that like I just I just love her so much how she under she got to a point where she realized she had to reclaim her identity and her individuality and not get so wrapped up and lose herself because she said she felt like she lost herself in that marriage so when she realized that they are two individuals walking two different paths together you know, he has his path, she has his, his, he has his path, but they're going to do it in alignment. They're going to do it together, but they have their own things to go through. I think when you, you do that, you can just get to such a good, a real partnership with someone, a real, a real, a stronger foundation. Cause you're not trying, like you said, trying to change them. The best marriage advice, the best marriage advice I ever received was from my grandmother, you know, God bless her, my grandmother, who she was married to my grandfather for 65 years. They literally, wow. right? And when I asked her one day, I asked, I said, how did y'all make it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Because they married in their 20s, but she had a hard time getting pregnant. So she didn't even have my father until they were married for about 10 or 11 years before she had my father. And then after him, she had another miscarriage and then he kind of just let it go after that. So she, he's like their miracle child. Right. right. And they raised him like that. Like, so, you know, that was, that was their miracle baby, but it took them a long time to even have their first child. So it wasn't about the baby keeping them together, you know, but they were able to last for 65 years. And so I asked, her, I said, how did you, how did you guys make it? 65 and they were in love like it wasn't any bit i mean they really loved each other like mm -hmm. buddies you know hip to hip and she said the reason why me and your grandfather made it compared to some of my friends what i saw them go through with their marriages is because your grandfather never tried to change me and it was just that simple she said he never tried to change me they were two very different people my grandmother was a showboater she was a casino hopping broadway play going be front row at the essence of a fashion show hop up go to new york in a heartbeat she loved fancy things fur coats and diamond rings okay my grandmother was a very glam girl my grandfather was a small town country you know guy from michigan and he liked fishing and boating and he could care less about her fancy leather jackets and all that other stuff. And 
they even did things differently. He would get up and go fishing and she would be like, look, drop me off at the Greyhound bus. I want to go see a Broadway play. Like they did a lot of things <laughs> as individuals. So she said, she said, you know what she said? If I wanted to go up to New York to go see a play, you Cause my grandmother even never, she never even learned how to drive. And she said, your grandfather would be there to drop me off at the bus station and right there to pick me up. And he never tried to stop me from finding my own happiness and from doing things that I enjoy. And if he wanted to go fishing or he wanted to go hiking and he wanted to leave out at 5 a.m. to go drive up somewhere to go fishing, I wouldn't stop him from doing that because I damn sure don't want to be spending all day trying to fish and she was like so right. i'm not going to do it i think that's the dumbest thing ever so he could go enjoy his his time fishing and i'm going to join me but when we come together it's out of respect and a love and appreciation for one another and we never try to stop each other from being individuals and that was always something that i really i appreciated that advice because even i've seen that in my parents as well they are very different people but they still are able to find harmony, but they don't try to change each other. They, they accept each other for who it is. And I think we just have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. I do. I think when we learn how to, I, I think a lot of it comes from us looking for someone to change to make us feel better. Right. I think when you come into a place of wholeness with yourself, to me, that just showed that your grandfather was whole. Mm-hmm. Like, and and that's where that comes from. When we have a void and we, we fill the void with, with things that we think is going to make us feel better, we 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 put a lot of pressure mm. on someone else to be that 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 void filler. Like you gotta fix this because no, that's something you have to look within. You mm. gotta look inner. It's an inner work thing. You you gotta see what it is that you actually could be. Um, you know, dealing with that you don't want to face. And so that's important because you can, when you can really accept self for who you are, not for who you think you should be. When you, when you accept the, the, the mistakes you may have made, when you accept where you came from, when, when you come into a place of acceptance, you can embrace who you are. And most importantly, you can appreciate other people for who they are. Mm-hmm. And you don't sit there and try to change them. And that's something that I have, I promise you, I, I had a bad habit of doing that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think it was an issue. You know, I used to think, well, I'm just, I just want you to be better. You know, that was the excuse. But in reality, I didn't appreciate who you were because mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate who I was. And when I came to that level of knowing thyself, right, I tell people that's what the journey is, a self-discovery. I'm okay to appreciate people of all backgrounds, all cultures, you know, all gifts and not thinking what they have minimizes what I got. You know what I'm saying? Like there's enough room for all of us to, to be and do what we were able, what we were designed to be and do. And once we really get that, we, we can we can have healthier relationships. Right. I absolutely love that. And I'm going to wrap it up on that note. So tell everyone where they, I, can, I mean, we can keep going. Forever, I, know. But I know you have things to do, I have things to do, but I would love to have you back on here. Of course. But let everyone know how they can find you. I mean, you're going live. She she's active, y'all. So y'all need some divorce content. Y'all need to know how to divorce your story. Get right. She is busy. So she is doing her lives, her videos. She has so much great content. So tell people how they can follow you. 
um, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook um, is Miss Tanya Speaks. So it's M-S-T-O-N-Y-A S-P-E-A-K-S. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I go live every Thursday at 9 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. I'm, I'm always active, posting daily, um, you know, just really want to bring healthy content to the fold. Not the, not the, I don't want to bring anything that can keep you in your divorce. I'm giving you stuff to get you out of it. <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Such a great conversation. I know that everyone's going to benefit from it. I definitely benefit from it. Um, and I'm going to make sure all your information is in the show notes so people can definitely find how to contact you and follow you. And if you are listening to this episode of Courtship Code Podcast, make sure that you guys subscribe on iTunes, leave a positive review. I want the positive reviews. Leave a positive (laughs) review. (laughs) And feel free to tag or comment and let me know what you guys think. And I'll talk to you guys next week. If you've been listening to the Courtship Code podcast, opening emails, and following content online, then I know that you're the type of person who values quality relationships and is ready to break up with your bad relationship habits. I want you to go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute consultation where we're going to discuss your current bad relationship habits and how working together in our signature Wounds to Worth six-week program is going to help you to heal your emotional wounds, increase attraction, and position yourself with a real strategy on how to start meeting quality partners and attracting quality relationships. So go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute discovery call and let's start captivating courtship.